Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Chit Chat. Um, I've got the week off from work so I'm feeling refreshed, I've caught up on my sleep, it was my birthday so I'm feeling very loved and grateful and I hope some of these good vibes radiate through the sound waves to you. But for today's episode I'm going, enough about me, Uh, for today's episode I'm going to be joined by journalist and content creator Chanthi Sembi who I actually first saw and heard of through an Instagram account she runs called So You Want To Be A Journalist. Um, So I thought she'd be a really great person to talk to you about diversity in the media, but also not feeling brown enough, um, air quotes, and being deemed a coconut, again, air quotes, um, by the community, because it's something that I've seen her talk about before, and it's something that I definitely have experienced myself. Um, So I'm really looking forward to our chat, and I hope you enjoy. Just a quick note to say, this episode was recorded virtually, so apologies in advance for any dips in audio quality. Hiya! Hiya! How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm alright. I've like had the week off, so I'm just very much like enjoying my time, getting my sleep in. (laughs) Thank you so much for like squeezing me in um I really appreciate it I'm like so glad that we can like finally get to talk because obviously like I first have you through your um page so you want to be a journalist and I I must have followed that like oh I don't know I feel like at the beginning of the year maybe and so I've like seen you on there and I've just been like you know I feel like we've been like interacting I'm like I actually really want to just have a chat with you (laughs) and talk to you so it's really nice (laughs) to get to talk to you so yeah definitely yeah so when did you first start your page so it was last year in September basically um after like helping a few graduates with their job applications and I thought yeah it would just be so much easier for everyone if everything that I knew was kind of in one place just easy to access um so yeah I think it was like mid-September which yeah so it's going to be my anniversary next month which is insane (laughs) Uh, I mean the growth that you've had like in one year is amazing I feel like I mean yeah I mean I'm just like so I find it really helpful as well it's like the stuff that's on there um for sure so did you want to did you want to start it um just to like help like you said like help graduates and help students yeah yeah pretty much just because like when I decided that like journalism or working in the media was something I wanted to do there was nowhere that I really knew to like go and find resources and obviously now there are so many other places um like my page aside but like I didn't have anyone to talk to about what the industry was like what I could expect how to even get a foot in the door and stuff so I thought if I could like be that for other people that would be like a great thing and hopefully um help like more diverse voices get in because I'm sure you know (laughs) the industry is so it's very much like white middle class which like yeah I'd be great to see some new voices from kind of all over the UK make it less like London centric as well yeah definitely what are some of the most like interesting findings you've had since running the page 
Um, more just like there were some stuff that I didn't really think would do well because I didn't really think people would be very interested in and it's really small stuff but I suppose like that's just because I've been working in this industry for a while um so stuff like um like how to find stories that was stuff that kind of when I went to uni they kind of just said because I did a journalism degree they were like go out and find stuff but they didn't really tell us how and so I did a few things about that and like finding sources and people were like this is so helpful um even though they were already kind of working in the industry um so yeah just things like that which I thought was quite surprising that like even if you've been working in this industry for a while because like I mean I have and I still have gaps in my knowledge and I'm sure other people do um so yeah it's nice everyone can kind of share that stuff and help each other out a bit yeah definitely I I had the same thing like at uni they were like we had like a patch every week I think it was and we had a designated area and we had to just like go out and find a story and they literally just like let us loose and then they were like yeah go and find a story and we were like what (laughs) sorry and then like even when we asked like well how do we do that and they were like we'll just go up to people and talk to them and I was like you can't always just go up to someone and be like tell me what's been happening (laughs) because half of them are also like um nothing yeah especially if you're because I where my uni was based it was in an area that like I don't want to say it was a racist area but it definitely wasn't like minority friendly so like as a brown girl I didn't really want to be putting myself out there on the high street because like you never know what kind of person you're going to come across. Totally yeah do you get a lot of like ethnic minority journalists or aspiring journalists contacting you on your page for help? Yeah there are quite a few I think it's mostly um, South Asians probably just because I, th- I feel like there aren't a lot of us so I think there might be a tendency for us to kind of when we do see someone else um that is South Asian working in the industry kind of just gravitate towards each other but yeah a few different kind of minority groups as well which is really nice to see and um especially after I've done videos or content around things like diversity or like more recently South Asian Heritage Month totally no I totally like feel the same I mean I, f- I feel like on kind of TV I see a lot well, not a lot but I see more kind of broadcast journalists who are of South Asian heritage. You know, there's like Amol Rajan and like Anita Rani and Ranveer Singh and people like that. But it's still when I see a journalist of South Asian heritage writing online, whether it be online or in print, I'm still like, oh my God. <laughs> and I want to connect with them straight away, which is so sad in a way because it, that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't still feel like such a novelty to see that. Yeah. But I, it, yeah, like people who might not know. So it blew up um, a bit earlier this year in the journo world, you know, when the Prince Harry and Meghan interview came out and the Society of Editors basically dismissed any claims that the UK press like lacked diversity or was bigoted or racist in any way. And so then the Society pledged to work towards being part of the solution on diversity in the media And there were 200 journalists of colour who signed an open letter slamming the industry, being like, how do you not see that there's a massive diversity issue in journalism and in the media? How did the whole debacle make you feel about being an ethnic minority journalist? It was just, I couldn't really believe that, like, people would deny that there's a problem with diversity or people would pretend it doesn't exist because... For me, it's like glaringly obvious. And to be told that like, 
oh no we don't have an issue with the diversity everything is perfectly fine it just feels like like it's going to be even harder for people who are um ethnic minorities to get into the industry and because i think even like the efforts they're making the only kind of organization i can think of that has genuinely put like a lot into finding new voices is the bbc because there's been such a push for um like on apart from just asian network but like on bbc radio one they did a big call out for new presenters i'm always hearing of schemes where they're like even if you don't have experience just send something in and apply and you might get something and they've been like and it's genuinely diverse faces as well that you're seeing get accepted onto those things but for everyone else there are like there are so few BAME schemes already there and even like with those you'll kind of have so many people applying for one so that's one spot that's one kind of one ethnic minority like token person in the office for them they're not really fixing the lack of diversity as an issue it just feels very superficial and like that yeah like they're making all these claims but not actually doing anything to really put those things into action yeah totally and I like I'm, I'm probably the same for you as well but I've done prior to working I did work experience at like a number of different publications and there was not one of them where I even some of the most kind of like liberal publications um there was not one that I walked into where I walked into the office because that was back when office working was a regular thing, TBT. Um, but there was not one where I walked into the office and I looked around and it wasn't majority, like overwhelmingly white. So it's like, but obviously it's the kind of that case where you're not the one experiencing it. You just are completely blind to it. Whereas it's so glaringly obvious to us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, um... I've had similar things. It's been like I think it was um it's not even the um the area, well not even just the the building or the publication itself. It'll be like the general area as well. Like there was one I don't wanna name the area because there's only one like uh, pub, uh publishing thing there, so it'll make it really obvious which one it is. Yeah. But um yeah, it was just yeah, even apart from the building, it was just very surreal walking into those kind of environments because you just a, you feel like you're there to like fill a quota or just because they need someone who isn't white and B, you just, you feel like you're going to have to fight harder to kind of prove yourself and it's, yeah, it's, it's not always really welcoming. Mm, definitely. You're always very, I've always feel very aware. Like I'm very much like, okay, cool. Like put your kind of, I don't know, you just have not, I don't know if it's a guard, but it kind of is a guard. You're kind of just like braced yourself, you brace yourself to, to kind of go into this space um, and know that there might be, yeah. Um, yeah, there might be times where you really want to report on something or you really want to cover something and you know that you're going to have to put up a fight because you're going to be the only one who thinks that it's important or you're, the, you're going to be the only one who understands why it's important. So you already have to put your case forward. Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah. And I don't know if you've had the same thing, but I feel like, I mean, I've gotten a lot better at it now and it's not something I do anymore, but definitely at the start of my career, I would kind of like whitewash myself. So like to see, I don't know if it's even more like palatable for, because I, I mean, I have a very ethnic name for a starter and like 
they're they're struggling with like the whitewash pronunciation of my name which is a whole other issue but um like I used to be really cagey about the area I lived in as well because it's an area well known for being like very heavy with brown people so I I didn't want people to think of me as like a certain way and I would like change how I spoke around certain people because again I, I didn't want them to find reasons to like not like me or reasons to kind of shut down my ideas and stuff I totally understand what you're saying there. I saw something actually that you'd reported on recently, your article for the equal group on why we need more South Asian representation in the media. And I saw that you reported that um, for the Creative Diversity Network's Diamond Report, of all the minority groups on screen this year, South Asians were the only group to have less on-screen representation than the year before, which I I was kind of surprised to like, read not because I feel like there's loads of us on screen but just because I think I expected it to be an ongoing incline like or increase I never really thought that we'd like be going backwards so I found that really surprising to read how did you feel putting together that um article yeah it was like you said just quite disheartening because you think with all these pushes for diversity um, that people would be making more of an effort to hire not just like one minority but a whole range of them because that's what diversity is it's not um, like hiring it's not like having an office full of white people and then like throw Chinese people because then like there are people from all around the world that just aren't included in that and there are still going to be gaps in knowledge because of that and gaps in storytelling Um, and I feel like yeah there um, I don't know if it's because maybe there aren't as many South Asians applying to these sorts of things but um yeah it was really disheartening because you think that I mean I know I said not many people are actually actively making a change but where you'd think the industry would be moving in the right direction to see every other minority group having more representation apart from South Asians was just yeah it wasn't a great feeling because you kind of feel like a bit neglected it also made me think that like even in terms of people who aren't content creators but maybe people who are more the content in terms of people on the cover of magazines and brand ambassadors and faces that like head these kind of things whenever I try and think about South Asian people who are at the front of these things I really struggle and I'm like why is that because you know again and again like I can see people working but I could probably name more people who work behind the scenes i.e journalists um, you know broadcasters tv presenters etc but people who are kind of like being people the ones who are at the front and the ones being celebrated there's like you know Priyanka Chopra and Mindy Kaling and Jamila Jamil and then it's like "Mm, okay I'm like I'm running out (laughs) I'm running out of names here yeah that's that is literally it and I feel like you're only ever gonna get because another issue I think South Asians have with representation is that in terms of like fictionalized stuff when we are represented it hasn't been very well written like Apu from The Simpsons that brown kid who was in Phineas and Furby's name I don't remember it's so <laughs> stereotyped and I feel like um the only examples apart from 
because like Mindy Kaling does such a great job with the South Asian character she writes because she is South Asian like she knows what that's like but um yeah the only ones I can really think of what like Jamila Jamil's character in The Good Place Tahani because like her South Asian heritage was a part of her and they didn't like dismiss that but it wasn't her whole thing like she had so many other things going on um and I think even for like Chidi who was a black character and I think his name was Jason who was an East Asian character um it was the same with them like their culture was a part of them but wasn't their whole entire thing um so yeah that's probably the only case where I can think of like Mm. someone who a character who wasn't written by a South Asian person but still was quite well represented yeah and it's really it still feels very rare for an ethnic minority character to for their whole thing to not be their race or not be like a stereotype of their race or how they should behave so yeah that was that's definitely like something I'd love to see more of um it it feels like it shouldn't be as hard as people are making out that it is (laughs) it feels like it it should be happening already (laughs) yeah so going back to what you were saying about um you know, having when you have those ethnic minority um, content creators in those spaces, and when you don't have them, rather, you're missing out on so many stories and so many experiences. And obviously, the best way to get those experiences and stories heard and shared is to get people into those roles, and even more so get them into the top roles. How do you think that we could work on getting more ethnic minority people at the top of those like journalists and like media roles yeah it's really difficult because like with all those BAME schemes they're getting people in only at like the very junior level so it's going to be years if that until we see those people kind of rise higher up the ranks and be in actual positions of power to make real change um because yeah if you think about how long it kind of takes to work your way up and get those senior positions. If we say it's like 10 years, even looking back to like 2010, which is when like senior people right now maybe would have started, it's probably longer than 10 years, (laughs) but like it was even less diverse then. So I think hopefully in the future we'll see more change, but it's so difficult because um, for a lot of like, not to generalize, but I feel like, uh people from like minority ethnic groups maybe have only because the industry's only just become more inclusive they probably only just got a start in the industry which is it's not great yeah I think it's more up to the organizations to kind of get a move on and put schemes in place that actually give you the training because I found that there was um a role that I wanted to go for a little while ago which was a bit of a senior role but I didn't have management experience but I can't get that without training and like where do you go for training for that sort of thing so yeah I think it's up to workplaces to kind of allow their employees especially for those from minority groups to actually develop their skills and be able to fill the gaps in their knowledge to have those senior roles and actually push change forward. And um, you also kind of talked about having spaces specifically designed for us like BBC Asian Network for example um, and how you feel like your personal tastes align more with other places maybe like Radio 1 or Radio X which I also like totally agree with I think that places like BBC Asian Network are amazing and do a great job at what they do Um, but have you 
ever been made to feel like less brown or like not feeling as though you belong or even have you even been made to feel bad because you've not felt like you've wanted to belong in that in those spaces yeah definitely and I think it was something that kind of started in school because of like where I live the school I went to like brown kids were the majority which was great for me because I never felt like the odd one out or anything it was very um just like an easy place to exist peacefully but the term like coconut was thrown around a lot which basically like for anyone who doesn't know basically means brown on the outside but you're white on the inside just because like I don't really listen to Indian music my Punjabi is not great <laughs> and so there was yeah there was definitely a feeling of like not feeling like brown enough or that my only kind of ticket into the community was that was like my skin colour and nothing else and yeah it's a it's a strange one because you kind of I guess because of those dedicated channels like um BBC Asian Network wanting to work in the industry you can kind of feel like maybe that's my only option because that's somewhere that exists as like a space for us but yeah that it shouldn't be the case I think no matter like what race you are or what kind of wherever you're from you shouldn't be you shouldn't feel like pigeonholed into only be able to work at certain places but um yeah I've, I've definitely felt like not brown enough for, for yeah. certain things how do you how do you feel about the term coconut it's just uh, it annoys me because it kind of enforces the idea of stereotypes and like there is one set way to be like Indian, Punjabi, South Asian, whatever you want to call it, and that anything outside that is not good enough, which like, yeah, so I, I had a really bad relationship with it for a while because I, because of like that term, I completely like rejected my culture for a while. And actually it wasn't until I went to uni where I actually was a minority for the first time that I was like, hang on, this is something I can actually like celebrate. I shouldn't be trying to avoid this because like I'd gone from being surrounded by loads of people who are exactly like me to like not having that at all, which I felt like really made me realize that, although, um, yeah, like I said, my Punjabi isn't great and I don't listen, I don't watch Bollywood movies, I don't listen to a lot of Indian music, but that doesn't mean that I still can't like be in touch with my culture, especially because at that time it was a real comfort thing, like that reminded me of just like being at home with my family. So um, yeah, it's an awful term because there is like, it reinforces the idea you're like yeah like I said there's only one type of South Asian where we're such a diverse community and there are um yeah there are people with loads of different interests outside of like stereotypical oh I have an accent I eat curry all the time I really love Bollywood films it's, it, yeah it's mad yeah definitely I definitely agree and like it's one of those terms that will come from our own community more than anyone else and yeah. it just it I completely agree with you it's like it's like saying you can only be considered South Asian if you are xyz if you like this that and this like and it's just like when did we why have we done this to ourselves like why have we played into the stereotype that we were given from white people or you know colonizers or whatever it was like why are we playing into that and why are we restricting ourselves and I definitely in the, um in the same way that you were saying you kind of like played into it I like 
definitely did because I was like oh maybe this is a good thing like maybe this is going to get me further because I'd rather and definitely when I was younger and you're still trying to figure yourself out and figure out your identity and you're like oh well I'd rather be considered white than like a freshie because that was like awful you would never want to be considered like a freshie and it's so it was so it's so complicated and it wasn't until again like maybe when I was at uni or maybe towards the end of leaving uni and when I left that I finally felt comfortable with my culture and actually like why am I still trying to reject that part of me and it was like okay it it felt like my only choices were okay you either play into the coconut thing and you just go with it and you own (laughs) it or you actually just like completely understand that the whole coconut thing is just so stupid <laughs> it's just so like yeah. I'm just me <laughs> like just let me be me yeah and it's interesting <laughs> that you from like the word freshie is not something I've heard in a long time frankly <laughs> but it's weird that there was this balance of like you don't want to seem too white like a coconut but also you don't want to seem too Indian because like that was also yeah people would just make fun of you like there was there was an Indian teacher at my school who um would say a friend of ours like would say her name like how her family would say it, like the proper Indian way and then people made fun of this teacher and was like why are you saying her name like that when that's the name her family had given her yeah and I feel like yeah at the time we were like uh but now like if I was like oh, I probably would have really appreciated someone saying my name the way that like my family <laughs> intended it to be yeah. said definitely especially after I mean if your teachers were anything like my teachers especially after years of them repeatedly getting it wrong it was like I've been in yeah. this school for seven years <laughs> how are you still getting this wrong yeah or like the feeling of dread when you've got like a supply teacher coming in because you know they're going to get your name in the register and you know it's never going to be easy oh my god absolutely and it just rolls I remember so vividly like it just rolling off the tongue me being like yeah. it's Kanika after it it being like pronounced Kanika or that like hesitation you could see their face screw up like as they're trying to figure out how to pronounce it I'd just be ready every time like (laughs) it's Kanika yeah it's our um, graduation we actually had like when you kind of apply to um what when you put your name and or whatever there was like a little bit where you could put the pronunciation of your name so that whoever was reading it because like where we would have had probably a lot of international students but and like they've got it on LinkedIn now as well, which I think does help because, um, yeah, and people should make an effort to kind of ask properly and not just, yeah, try and correct you. This happened to me at uni. A girl genuinely told me that I was pronouncing my own name wrong. Uh, was she Asian or? Yeah, which is the worst <gasps> bit. She oh was God. like, you don't say it like this, you say it like this. And I was like, really? It's my name. I'll just say it how I want to. <laughs> exactly yeah going on the whole like coconut thing has your appearance ever been brought into it because obviously you know you've got bleach bleach blonde hair you've got tattoos does that do people bring that into it as well yeah I I feel like it's more my family than strangers probably because strangers don't really want to get involved in that conversation but um yeah like because my hair up until like maybe when I was 19 my hair was like longer because I feel like that's also a bit of a standard in our community. But when I was 13, I cut my hair like shoulder length, just myself. And people in my family was like, that's not what Sikh girls do. 
um, even my parents now they're quite chill about everything but back then they definitely weren't and um yeah like my grandma because I used to have blue hair and she'd be like that's not what seat girls do um <sighs> red is okay but anything else no and like she's really not a fan of my tattoos and I feel like my mom also held that opinion for a while but like now she's done a complete 180 like we have matching tattoos oh um, that's so cute yeah it's quite cute um yeah it's definitely something like it'll either be Sikh girls don't do this or Indian girls don't do this when again it reinforces that there can only be one type of that person where um especially nowadays like it's so different I think especially with women like the way that like some Indian women will choose to present themselves gets criticized so much within the community when they're literally just living their lives like if you look at um how Shannon Singh was treated for being on Love Island and I think sometimes Sikh Twitter just needs to be a little bit more quiet than it is and kind of let people live their lives because um yeah it's people should just be able to live how they want really it doesn't have any effect on them yeah definitely and I still we're still very much um I've like talked about this on previous episodes but we're still I feel the community is still very much in that stage where we feel as though we have some kind of right or obligation to comment on the way people look and like especially things like their weight or if they've done something different with their bodies or if their bodies have changed in a certain way, it's like we can't help ourselves from like pointing it out as if that person hasn't realized it themselves. Exactly. And it's something that like even my parents will do sometimes. And I'm thinking like, just why? And I think uh, um, Izzy Silvers, I think her name is, a journalist at Cosmopolitan wrote an article recently about how... um, uh her grandma would give her loads of samosas because she'd be like you're too skinny and then she would gain weight and her grandma would be like why have you put on so much weight and it's such because yeah we're also a community of big feeders and (laughs) you can't really yeah it's it's ridiculous it's such um yeah which you're right it is a big problem within the community of just criticism everywhere for no reason Mm, it feels like you can't win sometimes as well like you said you're either too fat or you're too skinny it's like okay your hair's too long or it's too short it's like okay (laughs) I give up (laughs) yeah but have you ever been told like oh you know you're not typical Indian girl whatever that might mean or typical Sikh girl have you ever been told that by non-Asian people kind of um and it's always like I don't know if they mean it as a compliment or not and if it is meant as a compliment then like why is being like Sikh or Indian a bad thing that it's so great to not be seen as that um it's not really happened to me personally a whole lot but but one of my friends at school actually um she's Tamil and a lot of people will say to her like oh you don't look Tamil as if she was supposed to feel good about that it's yeah it's a weird thing that people somehow feel like they're making you feel better about something you weren't feeling bad about in the first place Mm -hmm. yeah it's like that comment then makes you think oh well what's wrong with looking Indian or looking Sikh yeah yeah do you have any advice for ethnic minority journalists going to spaces 
realizing that it's not a very diverse space and you might be the only ethnic minority there do you have any advice on how to navigate those spaces I think the first thing that really popped into my head when I've been in that position is that I'm kind of only there as a diversity hire and it can be quite an uncomfortable feeling so I think if anyone is dealing with that just try and remember that they gave you the job because you're capable you have it for a reason they're not just going to hire someone who's completely unqualified so just try and reassure yourself a bit about that but try and I guess even if it's not directly in the department you're working with see if there are any employee resource groups you can join where you can meet even if it's not other South Asians like other minority groups just because then you know there is still common grounds there and yeah I guess try and just hold your own a little bit and it can be really really scary like I remember in my first week I was in a meeting where someone was talking about because I worked in social media and someone was saying something that just wasn't really true and so I had to kind of stand up and be like actually here are the facts this is why this would work this is why this wouldn't work and it was really really scary especially because there are a lot of men in the room as well but I'm so glad I did that because it proved that I was I knew what I was talking about um, and I think yeah just trying to find people who you feel safe working around and people who are really gonna kind of fight your corner if anything was to go wrong at work I think it's important to like have your people and yeah create kind of a safe space for yourself mm-hmm. and did you ever have any kind of comments from either like family or people in the community about your chosen path of work because I'm, I'm assuming you did like maybe English or something at uni um you know going into the arts subjects it's still not really something that many South Asian people do so yeah was there yeah. any kind of comments kind of all the way through really because I've always definitely been more creative so I did art for GCSE and I got a lot of stick for that from like thankfully it wasn't really close family it was more extended family and they'd be like oh it's just a hobby do that on the side like do something like science which I did do science as well it's just never yeah I've just always been more creative so that's kind of happened all through school and I remember telling someone my A-level choices I did um English lang no English lit psychology history and art and this girl was like they're not very brown options <laughs> which was like what is a brown what are brown subjects to take yeah um, and then yeah so I did um I did a journalism degree and a lot of older people in my family didn't really understand what that meant so my dad was like BBC news that kind of thing <laughs> oh my um, god yes yeah and it was um yeah thankfully it was just extended family who were a bit confused but I feel like they kind of just because they're not close family nothing I do directly impacts them so they kind of just let it be but they're yeah they're definitely comments have been made about how um I should stereotypically be a doctor be a lawyer and yeah I'm sure a lot of other brown people can relate to that mm, definitely it made me laugh when you said about the BBC thing because I remember when I first decided I was going to do journalism um for my master's and I was telling like my aunties and stuff and they were like oh so you're gonna be on BBC news and I was like <laughs> yeah let's go with that that's if that's yeah. what you need to believe that's fine that's, <laughs> we'll go with that it's fine um but yeah god it's so like saying about like brown subjects and things like that and there is that you know in joke that like 
and again if you do anything that's not science or maths or law or economics or anything like that you're a coconut you're doing like a coconut subject Mm. um but it just makes me worry that we are restricting so many creative people who would be so good at doing something for example like what we do or art or anything like that we're restricting them at that 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 first stage from pursuing that career because it's not what we do or it's not like a brown enough subject and it just like makes me wonder like how much we might have already missed out on from doing that to our own to our own people yeah you think about the representation that could have already like happened by now people were maybe allowed to choose the career path they wanted like it did genuinely happen to someone I know um she wanted to go into illustration but her parents were like maybe do a law degree and so she did and yeah like she did well and she worked in that for a bit but it wasn't till maybe like eight years after she graduated that she finally took up illustration again initially as like a side project but she found that she genuinely was really talented at this and like built up a bit of a following and has an audience has like gone on to do such amazing things which I think if she'd been able to do that earlier she would have just yeah been able to have had maybe like a bit of a longer career already than she's and like not had to start from scratch however many years down the line again sorry you're always going to feel like there's always going to be a part of you that's been unfulfilled and yeah we just can't you know as much as you might think like oh I'll do I'll be a lawyer and I'll do this on the side or whatever like I mean it's exhausting (laughs) like trying to do two jobs or three jobs at the same time oh it's tiring like who who has the energy but I mean I mean I know people do but as in like you should be given the space and opportunity to pursue that if that's what you really want to do but I just thought we'd just end on some like quick fire well quick quickish fire questions (laughs) um so do you have like a fave film based around like South Asian lives or living oh I don't want to be a stereotype and give a Gurinder Chad a film oh no (laughs) I mean um, it's for me as well it would be I love Bend It Like Beckham yeah. because it's like, it's in Hounslow. I grew up in Hounslow. It's so like... Did you? So did I. Oh my God. Wait, this this is amazing. What part of Hounslow? Where, what's it near? So, you know, oh, I'm trying to think. Oh my God, there's that pub. There's that really dangerous roundabout. And there's a pub yeah. there. What's it oh, called? Oh, okay. Um, oh. Is it the Jolly Wagner roundabout? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, the- that's the roundabout. Yeah. And then when you kind of, so if the if the roundabout's there and the pub is like there, yeah. and then you come this way, I think I think towards Heathrow. No. Oh yeah, yeah, of know. course, yeah. And then it's one of the roads like off that. There's like a car wash on another yeah. roundabout. Do you know what I'm talking about? Literally, yeah. Because I was in. Yeah. Um, like I'm still around there quite a lot because I grew up in Hounslow East literally by the train station okay and so I don't know if you can relate to this living in Hounslow but you know by the big Tesco there the sky building and so like driving yes. past that it's like there is media and journalism happening literally right there <laughs> in Hounslow in Austria so yeah. close but 
yeah so sorry back to the question yeah sorry <laughs> yeah friend at like Beckham was like actually back to Hounslow for a second so us two are from there Sharon Daliwal who runs Burnt Rugby is also from Hounslow yeah and like Asim Chowdhury he went to Heathlands he's from Hounslow I feel like there are a few of us really putting it on the map. Oh my god, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on Bender like Becca, but I feel really I feel like I should come up with something more like creative to say, but it just it hits every time, like it hits yeah. spot every time it gets it so right. Um, what's your favorite? This doesn't have to be like South Asian related, but what's your favorite publication to read? Oh, that is a good one. Um, I think maybe not at the moment, but. NME was definitely like a big presence in my life growing up sort of just as music journalism um I just thought it was really cool when they used to have like demos like unreleased demos from bands that come as like a free CD which was really cool um and yeah they were always just kind of like the sort of pinnacle for me for music news and like it was always when I was younger where I'd say I'd want to work it's changed a bit now because I feel like my preferences and stuff have changed. But yeah, it was a big part of my life for a long time. Is music journalism what you would want it, where you'd want to end up? Kind of. More like pop culture in general, I feel like, because I like quite a lot of variety with what I do. And sort of, so I'm starting a new job next month. Yes, yeah, so congrats, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, so it's very much, um, so yeah, so it'll be a bit of like general entertainment, TV, film, bit of music internet culture um they run pages on like sports and fitness as well which will be really interesting so yeah, yeah I think um yeah variety is just very important for me I like change not too much change but just yeah. um not doing the same thing every day really yeah definitely do you have a favorite like South Asian journalist or author or podcaster you don't have to say me it's okay um (laughs) that's my answer gone (laughs) I think I'm gonna say Sharon Daliwal again just because I think she's done so much like starting Burnt Roddy which is now like being great steps for South Asian working in media and creating a space because I feel like that was one of the first publications that I came across for South Asians. And yeah, I feel like it's done a lot in terms of representation. And again, this idea that South Asians are not just one stereotype and that we can do a load of different things. And she, outside of that, she's started Middlesex Pride, which I think like encompassing Hounslow and Southall, which like I feel like sexuality is another very big taboo within our community. So her doing that is a great thing. And um yeah just I think she's done a lot of important work for the community how about food your favorite South Asian food oh <laughs> oh that's such a difficult question because there's I feel like there's a lot and I don't know I feel like what I'm gonna say is gonna be not great I'm gonna go really basic I love chili paneer Do it's you? one of my favorite things yeah that's I really not, like I it I feel like that's a good choice I, th- I thought you were going to say dal for a second. I was going to be I like... do. I do love dal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no no judgment. I feel like it can it can really hit the spot sometimes. But no, chili yeah. paneer is a good choice. Um, and last one, your favourite South Asian culture account to follow, like on social media. Oh, I don't know if this really counts as a culture account, but I really like the Brown Girl Memes page because I feel like 
again, it counters to like a variety of what a South Asian woman might look like. And also I find that a lot of the Indian meme pages are often run by men and very anti-women. Whereas this page is really like celebrating women, which is a nice thing to find. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's quite good. And it's really been like a, re- a safe space for me to kind of tap into South Asian culture a little bit more as part of me like re-embracing everything. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, brown girl memes. Yeah, that's. I feel the same because also I feel like sometimes, I mean, I don't really have... I've, I've said this before I like, don't really have that many South Asian friends um yeah. so there are some things that obviously like you feel and you know but you can't like express that to anyone because no one else yeah. is going to get it so it's like it's such it's so nice having those online communities like especially on Instagram and stuff like that where yeah. you can just like yes these people know what I'm talking about they know the brown girl <laughs> struggles yeah um but no that's great what's your so you've got so you want to be a journalist mm-hmm. and you're on Instagram and Twitter as yourself as Jadanese MB as well yep. is there anything else you would like to plug or share um not really I think that's sort of everything I do I, yeah that's all I have going on at the moment <laughs> okay great well thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to talk to me I appreciate it so much and it was so nice to actually just chat to you and get to know you and And like yeah I don't know a lot of other South Asians in the media so being able to chat about this stuff has been so refreshing yeah isn't it it's just so nice and it's just I feel like so often you feel like you're the only one and then just having these conversations you're like yes they get it I'm not the only one you're not alone (laughs) hopefully at some point in the not too distant future this feeling won't be so strange or rare yeah (laughs) yeah well we can hope you've been listening to chit chat podcast with me kanika you can follow me on instagram and twitter at kanika b-a-n-s and follow the podcast on instagram at chit chat podcast you can also find it on Twitter at chitchartpod and you can also send me an email on chitchartpodcast at gmail.com. The logo was designed by Sunna Chowdhury, whose other brilliant work you can see on Instagram at sunnac.design. That's S-A-N-A-A-C dot design. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. It helps the podcast get noticed by others. Thanks!